Welcome to Simple Discipleship Unfiltered. Unfiltered, where no topic is off limits. Hey, welcome to Simple Discipleship Unfiltered. I'm Diana. I'm Kendall. And I'm Ashton. Welcome, everyone. How y'all doing? <laughs> good. We good? We're good. It's a beautiful day today. It's not going to be hot, and God is just good, and... Mm-hmm. You know, we were just finishing up the episode. There's an episode one to this. This is a part two. Um, and we went into the deep. We've been gone for a long time, but Kendall just jumped us right into how do you know if you're saved? And, and um, you know, is it the repeat me prayer? Not there's anything wrong with that. Don't send us a bunch of emails, a hate thing. Um, <laughs> we're, just que- we're just here to ask the questions, right? <laughs> We're here to ask the questions and see what does the word say. That's what we say, right? right. Mm-hmm. Because the word is the ultimate answer. And so um, in talking about that, I just, you know, uh, Kendall asked if I'd share just a little bit of mine, and I'm not going to go into it real deep. But, you know, when I got saved, it was in Little White Pentecostal Church uh, off of Buford Road in Kleeberg, Texas. Um and I never will forget it. It was during a revival, and I knew the Lord tugged in my heart. And and I don't know what sins I had at nine or ten years old, but you were dirty girl. I mean, I I was mean. I'm just, <laughs> I was you know a bully. I mean, I was I played football, and I you know I just I you know you look at me wrong, you get you get beat up. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. So, so you were all kinds of messed up. I was. I just I just <laughs> was that way. I was just very you know independent and and all of that. So. I um I grew up with some boy cousins who were like two and three years older than me, and so I had to be tough in order to be around them. And we were together all the time. We were, I mean, our family was every Friday night. You're going to get together and play Red Rover and all the, you know you're going to do all this stuff. And so you had to be tough because they were tough, you know. And um, so anyway, um, I knew that when Holy Spirit gripped my heart about receiving Jesus. It changed my life. I knew from that moment on, I wanted to, I was called into ministry. I knew when I got up from the altar that I was called into ministry. I was called to be a preacher. That my grandmother was a Pentecostal preacher. And and I knew that I wanted to be a Pentecostal preacher. You know, I'm going to be this. And I took my little Bible to school. I'm telling everybody, y'all going to hell. And, I, and you know, just telling people about <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I was just on fire. My life changed radically as a little bitty kid. I mean, and it didn't mean that my life was sheltered. Even though people prophesied, you're going to do this, going to do this, going to do this. It did not keep me from making mistakes and going wrong directions and making my own choices and all of that. It didn't change that from happening. I think more so I became a target because I can't even tell you how many times the enemy tried to kill me as a kid and and on throughout my adult life um, because of the call that God put on my life, you know. And I didn't realize it now until I'm much older that I can see how God's hand was on me the whole time. But there was a time, and this is what you asked me about, was, you know, a lot of people know the story, but that, but I was married to a pastor, so I was a pastor's wife for 12 years. The most challenging but most rewarding job that I ever had, had was that, uh, was being in ministry and being a pastor's wife and a co-pastor with him. 
and but it was very very difficult and we had um, a Jezebel spirit going I'm not going to go into all that but we went we had that infiltrate our church and destroyed our church destroy our marriage um, and I mean quickly it happened within a year everything was gone we went from one of the biggest churches in Terrell um, about 125 to 150 people which was big then this is you know quite some time ago and you know a good good sized congregation into absolutely nothing quickly I mean to where I found myself um, because of the wreck that we had and we haven't discussed all that but I was disabled and so um, I found myself disabled uh, divorced and and alone, really, for the very first time in my life. Well, even through, like, your last few years of marriage, too, were very alone. They were just very alone. I mean, it was so it just, wasn't just, like, an all-of-a-sudden thing. No, but, I, but what happens is the enemy finds you at the end of your mess, mm-hmm. and he's like, look, look where, you know, look where you did. Look what you did. This is what, this is what happens because you were serving God. Because at the time, nobody talked about a Jezebel spirit. You didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even have the, the, we knew that we were under attack. We just didn't know how to combat it. And that's why I'm so much into deliverance now. Because since then, I've seen so much more of that and understand it and know how to combat it and how to use the word against it. And we're going to teach that as we go forward. But at this time, I found myself going completely the opposite way from God. Because... Because I was connected to the Jezebel spirit, it just continues to keep you, and this is the way I describe it, into this vortex to where even though you're doing all of these things that are so contrary to who you are, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. And like I tell you guys, if I didn't have pictures of some of it, I would have never believed that that was me there at that moment at that time. And then I still have sometimes where I have like flashbacks of things I've done and I and I just I'm like, I can't believe I ever did that, you know. And so, but when you say you turned away from the Lord, like <clears throat> very briefly, just kind of explain like what what is what does that mean in practical ways? Like you once did this with the Lord, and then all of a sudden you started to like give people that are listening you know, kind of an understanding. You know, we, we were kind of discussing this the other day, but what the way that the enemy is, and this is the way you need to see him, he is so crafty. Mm-hmm. He is so crafty mm-hmm. in that he sneaks in just a little at a time so that you don't see that you're going down this slippery slope till you're at the end of the slope. Right. But you're, slip, you're, you're sliding nevertheless. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it started with, and, and, and I was trying to think of, well, where did the original door open to that? And it was uh, uh, New Year's Eve. I don't even know what year it was. Um, but the, our, our, the people that had become our best friends, they, were, they operated in this Ahab Jezebel thing. And uh, we were sitting around a campfire, and or like a you know bonfire thing and it was new year's eve night and so they asked us did we want alcohol and so as ministers as pastors we were like no you know i I, you know we don't we don't drink or nothing like that 
But then, yay, you know, it's just, just y'all, let's just toast it, you know, just toast for the New Year's or whatever. But there was that little baby open crack that came. Now, I'm not saying that alcohol is bad for everyone, so please don't get that. But, but drunkenness is clearly mm-hmm. in the word, right? So the one little toast led to a few more things, which led to a few more things, which then opened a door for conversation about some things, which then opened the door to acting on some of those things. And in those times, are you still hearing the convictions of the Lord, or are you just shutting him out? You completely feel the conviction, but you're numb Mm. to the, the, what does the word say I need to do? The way that I would combat that in my normal, uninebriated state was that I know what the word says regarding this Mm -hmm. and I know what the word says regarding me but when I'm numb to it and he numbs me to it I didn't have a response back Mm -hmm. I heard him but I just kind of pushed him down and said and to the point you probably didn't hear him there I felt him I knew that I was doing wrong I knew I had conviction but not but I wasn't listening to it because I just, I actually at the end of my rope, at the end of where I was, and this was about three and a half years, um, that it just, it was just a horrible, horrible, horrible time. Um, and I got to the very darkest place that I would just every day did my duties and took the kid, all the kids to school, um, would go by Sonic, get my Diet Dr. Pepper with vanilla, drink about half of she it. She still loves Sonic, by the way. I do love Sonic. <laughs> if anybody ever wants to send I her a gift I still get car. the Diet Dr. Pepper with <laughs> vanilla, but I mean, but easy ice. But what I would what I had started doing then was every morning and every half hour in the afternoon, <clears throat> I would drink it at least halfway down and fill the rest with coconut rum. Captain Morgan was my friend at the time. And so I would I would pour that in there and just sip on it like all day long. And on top of that, take hydrocordone and and all the things that, that you know, because my body hurts so bad and my body still hurts so bad. But I stopped taking that too because I didn't want that to have control of me. But anyway, let me just say, mixing that, that became part of my day to numb everything was... Let me just stay numb all day long. Then the conviction that I feel is not going to matter. And so y'all know the part of the testimony where it finally came to a head as I was just at my very darkest place. I can't even tell y'all. I would be so ashamed to tell y'all some of the things I did. And um, I was in a bar uh, in Lindale, Texas, and I'll never forget it. All the way there to the bar, because, you know, we lived right off of 20. So all the way down 20, we had stopped and drank some apple moonshine, like, the whole way. So by the time we got there, we were, like, completely ready for the party, right? And so we go in. I mean, it's just dumping, and and we're just, you know, having this good time. I met someone there, and I was going to go sin with that person. And um, my friend the that used to be my best friend, she leaned over and she said to me, and this is honest God's truth, she said, do you know that we're going to hell, right? And she laughed. And I laughed and said, well, I guess as long as we go together, that's okay. And I'm telling you, as I've ever 
experienced anything in my life, Holy Spirit quickened me immediately and said, is that what you really want? And it's like there was a line drawn right there. Mm. And I had to immediately make a decision of which side am I going to choose. Now, see, that makes what everybody else say different because he made me make a decision that day. Mm-hmm. And I could have easily said, I think I'll just stay right here. And what would have happened eternally had I made that wow. choice? Because if I didn't have a choice, he didn't have to meet me in the middle of that. Right. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? And you had already shoved down his voice so much in your life. And that's what's crazy just, to me. In the darkest moment, he's like, really? Like, he, he comes in was, so, like, abruptly. I'm going to tell you, when I say that I've never been so sober in my whole life, so fast, mm-hmm. is in that moment. It was instantly. And it was so much that I that it, I panicked. And I said, I've got to get out of here. Because I told him, no, sir. No, sir. That's not what I want, you know. And I just go, no, sir. And I'm sober in an instant. And all of a sudden, I told her, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And, and, and we were in her vehicle. And I said, I got to get home. I mean, there wasn't any Uber or Lyft or nothing. Uh, there was walk down the highway, you know, or get somebody to take you, you know. And I was like, I really didn't want to walk down 20, you know. So, uh, and I barely can walk anyway, you know. So it was like hobble down 20. But anyway, I said, can you please, I, I, I got to go home. I got to go home. And she's like, why? Why? You know, because it was that, that quick. And I was like, I got I got to get home. And I remember when, I mean, we fought the whole way. And I thought, I'm going to die again in a car wreck because I just could see myself die again in the car wreck. I was like, you saved me once, God. Save me again. And just get me to the house. And I promise I'll never get into this car with this crazy person again, ever, ever, ever. And, and we finally get there. And I go in. And I remember I got in the shower and bawled my eyes out. Wow. Because I felt so dirty. Mm-hmm. And all the things for the last three and a half, it was even five, six years, things that we had done together. I was like, I felt so dirty and so unclean. And he had met me there. And I repent, I mean, I repented. And I mean, I repented. And let me tell you, when I repented and I turned away from that, I didn't want nothing to do with nothing else. Wow. I completely said, no, I don't want nothing else to do with none of it. If you if you will forgive me, God, this time, I promise you, I will never go back to that. I will never go there. And here's the thing. I could I could ease I still have a choice. But I don't want to just be saved. Mm. I don't want to just get to heaven. I don't want to just say, <clears throat> You saved me. Thanks for letting me in and walk on by, right. you know. No, I want to say, you didn't just save me once, <laughs> you know. You came and rescued me again. He truly left the 99 and came into a bar and met me right there. And then I, I when I realized all the places I had took him, because he was in the bar with me right there. Right. He didn't whoosh in from outside. There wasn't like no rushing wind that came and, and then... Thus said the Lord. No, he was right here the whole time in the middle of my mess. And I had to say, my God, I 
you were with me in the middle of all, I took you to places. Yeah. Hotels, I mean, just, just things that you would never say that you did that you did and you, you realize he was there the whole time. That's the, that's the key that we need to see is when we're saved, when we have truly repented. And I, I'm telling you, I truly repented. And it wasn't like, oh, come back over to the fold, be a minister, and let's just, all is forgiven. You know, he didn't do that. No. You know what he did? I knew he was there. I could not feel his presence. But I knew he was there. He didn't come up behind me and love on me. He just says, I'm right here. And I'm going through repentance, and I'm in the Word daily for a year and a half. This went on for a year and a half every single day. God, I'm so sorry, because he would bring to my remembrance those things that I did. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I sinned against you. I'm so sorry that I did this, you know. And and you're saying, well, you said you repented. Why you got to keep on saying? Because he kept bringing my remembrance different things. And I would repent. And I, and I promise you, this is the truth. I had a, back in, when I was, I had moved to Florida, and I had a, a, a Mustang convertible then. Y'all know that's my thing. And so I, I remember there was just a beautiful day, and I said, I'm just going to put the top down, and I'm going to go drive out to the beach. I know it was rough. But anyway, but I, I put the top down, and, I, and I'm going down in Bradenton. I'll never forget it. And I had the radio on, and Danny Gokey came on, and the, there was a song called uh, Hope, uh, Hope in Front of Me. And there's a part of the song where it says, There comes a place at the end of the storm you find that the pain and the hurt are left far behind. And when you look ahead and see, you can see there's still hope in front of me. Wow. And all of a sudden, peace came over me. And he met me right there in my car. And I knew I was done with that. I knew I was finally past all of that. But it was an instant. I'm talking about a year and a half. (laughs) Because I knew better. Here was the thing. Once you've been saved and you have walked with the Lord and then you turn away from him and you make a decision to make your own decisions apart from him, will he forgive you if you come back? Yes. You repent. That's the good thing about repentance. And he will restore you. But restoration takes time. Right. You ever had an old car, an old model car, and, the, and it, it's all rusted up? And you take it into a shop, and what do they do? They start seeing, well, what part of the old can we keep? And what part of the old do we got to restore? Mm. What do we got to do in order to keep it at its most original self, but make it as it originally was built to be? And so it goes down sometimes till we would get down to the very metal. And even sometimes the metal's got to be restored. Wow. And it's a process. Mm-hmm. So the interior's got to be fixed. The upholstery might have got worn. You know, or, or, you know, something, you know, you got to start from, from that. And then you got to maybe fix the motor because maybe it's got some bad parts on it. Or, or you got to kick the tires or, you know, you, and it goes, there's a step-by-step process in that. But at the end of it, when they roll the car back out, it looks like a brand new original car. Yeah. Right? 
And that's what God does to us. I love that you shared that. Um, thank you. There's there's lots more to her story. We're definitely going to dive into <laughs> our testimonies one day even more. Um, we're already out of time, actually, because we weren't going to interrupt ah, you. But, so we'll add our little giving thing in with the end. But um, we're not done. We're going to go into another episode because there's there's definitely a part three yeah definitely part three because there's there's more of the word that we want to chime into this too but I really wanted her to share the coming to Christ going away and coming back and what that what that looks like because I think sometimes people don't realize they've fallen away from him before they sometimes are at the end of the rope Mm -hmm. like where he said to you are you are you sure you really want that Mm -hmm. so thank you guys for listening and come back for part three Hey, y'all. If you've been blessed by SDU and you feel led to give to this ministry, here are some ways you can do that. You can text GIVE to 833-576-1168. You can also go to our website at m3mi.org to the tab Sow a Seed. You can also send a check or money order by mail to P.O. Box 1318 Forney, Texas 75126. And all gifts are tax deductible. Thank you for your seed. One thing before we leave. You always got to leave with our tagline. <laughs> I forgot right? about it. Sorry. You know, but it goes back to what you're talking about. What we're trying to get into is the extent of God's mercy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The extent of God's mercy. So because of what he's done for us, we always want to share with y'all to go show some love. Show some compassion. Give mercy. And, and go, go be, be Jesus, Jesus today. today. Hey, SDU family. Thank you for joining us today. We do value your feedback. So if you have any questions or suggestions of topics, please feel free to reach out to our email at info at m3mi.org or reach out to us via text or call to our SDU hotline. The number is 214-600-7771.